Today on the Av Podcast is dedicated to hoops of all kinds. If you're a hoops lover, you're going to enjoy this one. I'm joined by O'Neill Kamaka, co-founder of the Skills Refinement Group and Randall Walter, head coach of Excel Hoops Prep Basketball Program, as you discuss the world of AAU basketball post-COVID and the ripple effects of student-athletes having their seasons canceled last year living in Canada and how it's changed recruiting and the AAU season this summer. And also, as this was originally recorded last week during the draft, we get into our surprise selections of the draft, the Raptors grabbing Scotty Barnes, uh, we share our thoughts on Joshua Primo's shocking lottery selection, the Westbrook trade to the Lakers, and way more than that. Now, as you know, South Sharaf is available on all platforms. You can also watch this episode on my South Sharaf YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, the like button, the favorite button. Basically, every other selection that grants my, my shows, you know, love and support. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I know that you're a multitasker. And you know how to listen and click on all five stars at the same damn time. So you know what to do. You know what to do. Right? So do it. And check out SashaRav.com for all of my past episodes that lives in my catalog. I would say check it out after you listen to or watch this last one. But go ahead and check it out on SashaRav.com. Once again, that's SashaRav.com. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C. On Sasha Rav Radio. Let's work. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on Sasha Rav Radio. Uh, welcome to the Av Podcast. Uh, my first guest is the co-owner of the Skills Refinement Group and coach of the Vaughn Panthers, AU Vaughn Panthers. Please welcome O'Neill Kamaka to the show. How you what doing up, today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Was it Oak, Oakwood Elite? Oak, Oakwood uh, Alumni? Oakwood Alumni. Oakwood Elite. Oakwood, Oakwood Collegiate. Whatever you want to call us. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> Given the respect. I mean, I, you know, I come from the Eastern background, but our school doesn't exist anymore. So, you know. Yeah. Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Community Center. Hey, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and my next guest is the head coach of uh, Excel Hoops Prep Basketball Program. And it's still the reigning CFO of Team Light Skin Organization. Please welcome Randall Walter to the show. How you doing today, y'all sir? Know, y'all know bada what play. it is, man. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. I'm following up with the great O'Neal, man. This is I can't, I'm so blessed right now, man. What do I owe this pleasure? <laughs> You're joking. Right now, man. You're joking. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to get it how you guys live. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Yo, so this is a mis- this is a mismatch of uh, of of topics of conversation because we're recording this right when the draft is happening. Um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's been happening between you know potential trades, the Westbrook trade to LA just went down. Uh, we got the Olympics happening. You know, the free agency is about to start. Um, but you know, the Raptors just to start off here, just you know, just to celebrate this draft mode that we're in. The Raptors selected Scotty Barnes on the number four pick. Um, I know it's kind of surprising to some people, um, even myself a little bit, because I thought eh, they're probably going to go with Suggs. But, you know, they're picking up Scotty Barnes. What are you guys' thoughts on on that selection? I got nothing to say because I'm still in that Masabi trust mode. So <laughs> I don't got too much to say negative on that. But what are your guys' thoughts? 
O'Neal, oh, start I, with you. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody. I was in a. I'm in a chat group, and that's one. Of, you know, obviously talking about the draft coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Scotty Barnes or Bo Knight was one of the the two names that were like you should go after, or the I Raptors really, should go after. I, I really like Bo Knight. Yeah, so I'm so happy that they 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 chose Scotty Barnes, and here's why: like he, these, you know, for me, what I the things that I like to look for, you know, is is what one of the big intangibles for for. Scotty Barnes with his, his motor. People like he has a great motor, and he mm-hmm. and he's coming from Florida State, playing. Um, what's the coach's name again? It's Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. All Leonard Hamilton. Dogs. He's, dogs. Dogs. Yeah, and that's what the Raptors need. A dog. And and you know you hear he he's athletic. He's a great defender. Guard one to five. So those are the things that you can't teach. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's not a great shooter. Teach him how to shoot. That's what you know. Everybody. All I'm hearing is how the Raptors have a great development system. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Get him in the gym, work on his shot, get some shots up. You're going to be watching tape, learning the game. So I'm so I'm, that's why I'm excited. And when guy, players have, in my experience, when players have high motors, that means they work hard. And so if a player works hard, then all you have to do is just give him the information. Here, here's give him the information, and, and hopefully he, you know, he's going to work hard, so he's going to take it and, 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 and uh, try to get better. So... I thought it's a great pick. Six nine, he could pass. He could play defense, and you know, and he, and he competes. So I, I love it, and and also because we we're so loaded at that at those small guards. Like you know, we have Van Fleet, we have um, Kyle, and our draft pick from last year, and yeah, Flynn. Flynn, Flynn, yeah, Malachi, and so ah, like, Trent, oh. Gary Trent, if they resign him back, with yeah, Gary, Gary Trent. Trent, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, let's go with somebody like. You know, why if we're gonna get Suggs, that's like four or five guys at the same same height, same position. Let's go with Scotty Barnes, who's a little bit versatile and uh could do a little bit of everything and guard different positions. Yeah, that's what they say. Small, you could do different stuff with him. So yeah. I like that. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, I mean I I I I'm not mad at the pick, but but O'Neal, I'm I'm I'll pivot on that a little bit because I'm a win now type of guy. I I I'd rather pick the talent that I think is gonna help us win now. You pick when you when you draft in, in my opinion, and, and this is this is up for subject, right? I, I'm not saying I'm Masai Ujiri, but I would have picked some. That's my that's me, right? If I was in the draft room, but again, I didn't see. I've heard Scotty Barnes moving up the draft board, and we all we all heard about it. How his workouts looked were were, were phenomenal. Um, and I'm not mad at the pick. Don't get me wrong. Now. Um, I just think that if we we could have got start Scotty Barnes at five or six. And if that was the case, I would have thought we'd, we could have worked the deal to, with Orlando maybe to get something out of it, right? We need a big. Maybe we could have parlayed, a, you know, some type of trade to, to move down in the draft and get um, – uh, what's the big African they got at center? What's his name? Who the – what, the Magics or the – Yeah, the Magics. Oh, Bamba. Bamba. Yeah, Bamba or something. We could have got we could have got something back. I think in return, right? Um, I'm not mad at it. Like you said, you, you pointed out everything that we do well. I think Masai's known for pulling off the unorthodox. Um, it shocked a lot of people, but it's not overtly shocking because you know Scotty's been moving up the draft board, like I said, and and he showed out well. He has all the intangibles. He's kind of like to me an OG 2.0. You know that type of player that's gonna and you know what? The other thing he does, board man gets paid, y'all. 
you know he's going to grab you them boards at that position, whether it's a two to three or whatever they can stick him at. He, he's kind of like OG. You can move him around in between the two to four. Great size, great athleticism. My only concern is that he just didn't show out at Florida State to me. Yeah. He didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. He hustled. No, that, that, that's given with his yeah. natural attributes. But, yo, he, he didn't show out. His stats were garbage, yeah, it, right? His biggest knock is he can't shoot. That's his biggest can't knock. Shoot. He can't yeah. shoot. Can't create a shot. He can't shoot. So, yeah. yeah, maybe two, three years, I'll be looking back at this pod and saying, yo, you Good playmaker, though. Yeah. He's all right. He's all right. But, I mean, yeah. it's better. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Mean, I think, I think because you have, you're gonna have Fred Van Fleet taking the shots. You're gonna have, you know, Larry taking the shots. You're gonna Larry have... ain't coming back, man. Larry's gone. Sure, is he? I... Larry's gone. Larry's gone. Fred Van Fleet is not a point guard. He's just too trapped in a point guard's body. Right. More of a, a, a shooter. We know what I'm saying. So he's looking to shoot. So. Right. You know, right now, right now, Scotty could play. You know, play. You know, play some defense, right? Play some defense, get some rebounds. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I, I just think he could have done. I just feel like there's something we're missing right now. Yeah, that's gonna be like the aha moment. When my side's gonna be like, y'all didn't trust me, man. Right. Come on, right. I got right. it all. Right. Like, like I was gonna pull. I, I'm not a right. I'm not a fan of Gary. I, I like Gary Trent Jr. I just don't think he's more that like. Six man role, yeah. like that type of guy in the microwave that comes off the bench yeah. and just gets you buckets. Yeah. I'm not a fan of him starting. I'd rather have, like, you know, get a solid point guard that can come in. Maybe, maybe Kyle's coming back. We don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, you know who he reminds me of? Trent, he reminds me of uh, J.R. Smith a little bit. Right? Yeah. You know, without the like, knuckleheadedness. Yeah, without the knuckleheadedness, but he kind of, he's kind of like that guy. He right. reminds me of his games like that, you know. Because uh, he, he can come in and get buckets like fast. Exactly. Microwave. Yeah, put him in. He's gonna, you know, he could play with the starting line. He, he, he doesn't, you know, he's that type of guy like with Boucher off the bench yeah. with him. You know, like, yeah. He's just going to be buckets, right? Yeah, bring him um, off the bench so he can jack up as many shots as he wants. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm all good with that. I'm all good with that. That's true. That's true. You know the thing with the thing with Masai though that you know you look at historically like when he goes when he wants his guy, you know, and he has somebody like in mind, even if it's like you know out of the box, like he as we know he's not afraid to make those moves. Like I mean, back in 2013, he tried to go after Giannis. You know, he, yeah. he like he tried to make trades right to the last minute. It just didn't work. I don't even <laughs> think they had a draft pick that year, but he was working his way to try to get Giannis. Um, you know, he tried with Bruno. You know, I think that was like the next. The next, like you know, chance to do it that didn't work, you know. But then he, he, you know, he he struck gold with with uh, Siakam, and and then and then with uh, with OG. And I say that because they won a chip for those guys, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So so seeing in this kind of mold again, it's like he kind of fits that kind of like you know we don't know where he can go. Like he, if he develops the skills, maybe he could be a guard. You know what I mean? If he, right. you know, or, or if he can, you know, but he could also be like a, a strong four. Like we don't know, you know, right? But yep. it's, but it's those kind of players that sometimes you want. Like as O'Neal's touching to what O'Neal's saying, like with a high motor, you, you just don't know where it can go. Right. If, yeah. if the kid is positive and he works hard, you, you just don't know where that's going to yeah. take you. You know, and, and you don't even probably with somebody like, the thing about high motor guys is, and as, as you mentioned, coach, is that you know he gets rebounds, and sometimes you don't you don't necessarily, especially as a rookie, you don't have to run anything for him. Just you right. know, let him play defense, go crash the glass, you know, get some rebounds, get some putbacks, you know, you get your points that way. Run the floor, start the break, yeah. 
So, you know, and, easiest, and easiest way to get points in basketball. Exactly. Exactly. And with his high, again, he has a high motor. He's athletic. He's long. So that's easy, you know, as a rookie. And that's how you work him in. You know what I mean? You, 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 you utilize him that way until his, his, his jump shot comes along. Right. So I like it. I like it. I like it. I like the pick. So, I mean, I mean, it's, I wish you could have got Mobley, though, but. Yeah. That's an ideal. Yeah. We tried, but but again, yeah. now that now that, that now that the Cavs drafted Mobley, are they going to try to go out to like like spend all that money to get Allen? Well, they already have him. They this it's whether they want to resign him to they wanted to, to give him like twenty five a year, right? Like a hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, right. Um, but is he a restricted free or, or yeah, he's a restricted restricted. restricted. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Well. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good line. Like you have him, um, you have him and 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 Mobley and uh, and what's the other kid from um, Oroku? Okoro, sorry, Okoro from Ooh, uh, yeah. from Auburn, who I thought like had a nice year last year too. Yeah. So it's a pretty good front line, man. Like you know, going forward, yeah. especially defensively, mm-hmm. and I, like I Ooh. mean, we all like Mobley. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, they, they they definitely tried. Was there any? Yeah. Let's well shoot. Let's talk about uh, a Primo a bit, man, like Josh Primo. The fact that he got – he surprised everybody and got drafted 12th overall, lottery pick, you know, mm-hmm. by Sound Foundation, you know, the Spurs, which is like – it's basically like being drafted by the Patriots. Um, so, Neil, because, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show you the love today that he's a uh, Oakwood collegiate uh, <laughs> alumnus. What, like, what were your thoughts on – on his game, like just tell people who don't know about him, like what's what do you think about his game and all that? I, you know, when we had him, we had so as I was saying earlier, we had we had Josh in grade nine, and Josh was about six two, right? And you know, great kid, you he was you could see um, great feel for the game, he could play, get to the rim, you know. But again, he had the baby face, six two, so you knew the potential was there. You could see you could see it in his game the way he shot the ball. Um, you know, so we were very excited for him. We even, as a grade nine, we actually went to Austin that year and we brought him with us, you know, so, um, we, we, you know, Anthony Miller, head coach and I, we loved Josh, you know, um, at, when we had him at Oakland, we, we obviously hoped that we could have had him for one more year, but you know, is that, you know, uh, they moved him to another school and it worked out. It's perfect. Sorry. And, uh, so, you know, it was, um, it was great. And, you know, I'm just so, I was so shocked. And I was so happy watching him in Alabama, you know, a great catch and shoot. He just first year, he just, he kept it simple. Didn't try to do too much. Hit him on the wing, catch and shoot. You know, a couple of times he tried to make, you know, one dribble, two dribble, get to the ring, make a play. But I am so happy for him. Um, everybody had him going late first round, early second. But, you know, everything that I was hearing, um, from the from the the pre draft workouts with that he was, he was just shooting the lights out, and of course we know he got that from Oka because that's what we do at Oka we just we just <laughs> you know, snipers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what it is. I'm gonna give you your roses today. <laughs> what I tell you, don't, man. don't come back out of me today. Don't come back. Well, out of me. I wasn't surprised at that point, but yeah, I just I was just hearing and you know that people were just loving him, man. He just they were just loving him. The fact that he's young. And his skill set and just is intangible. He's just a great kid, and he, he works hard, and he wants it. So I was so surprised. I'm so happy. Um, I'm really, really so happy for him. Like, he's a lottery pick. It, it's amazing. 
Man, it's beautiful. What do, what do you think? Of, what do you think about? It's a beautiful story, but what do you think about it, uh, Randall? Man, I, I'm just shocked they went that high at him. Uh, like, like he must have done some something in that workout for for San Antonio for possibly Nam. We going because he was projected. Like the one thing I give him props for is he was like he was projected to go in the second round. Like I would say even mid second round initially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for all the purposes, his workout. With the through the roof, everybody was talking about his workout. Just like and O'Neal said it, like he, he, he was shooting the ball well, he, he just projected very well. His athleticism was through the roof, and then when he played in those those um the pre-draft workouts um, of scrimmages, he, scrimmages. He, he put it in that work, yeah, right. So he, he, so one of two things it shows me that Alabama had no fucking clue what they were doing with him. Or two, <laughs> that, 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 that my man just. You know, yep. my man's a young boy. My man's only 18 years old. Yep. So, like, yep. that already showing you that he has upside. Yep. So, either that or he was just so young that he just started kind of peaking late. So, yep. one of the two. And I'm taking, you know, because he went to Oakwood. Yeah. Uh, Oak, Oak Hill, sorry. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm going with O'Neal. O'Neal developed him. And Obama and, 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 and Bama, <laughs> just sat, sat there and just shit him away, right? But if, if my man Dwayne Washington was on here, my man Dwayne would tell you he did all the work. Yeah. Y'all know what Dwayne does. You know what I mean? Dwayne does all the work. He puts in that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's in the gym. You know what I mean? Well, I like that point, though. Like, when I, saw, when I saw him playing at Alabama, and I, you know, so I, I get it. He's a freshman, so it's like, you know, they want to do But the kid could play, and he showed it. He was showing it. Glimpses. I think he made good decisions. You know, he wasn't, you know, wasn't over dribbling the basketball. He attacked, shot fake attack, made some good decisions. So I thought, you know, as the season went on, maybe they'll loosen the reins more and, 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 and encourage him to do more. But you know what? Um, you know, the skill that's in the NBA right now that's coveted is, is shooting the basketball. So mm-hmm. he's doing that great. He's, yeah, he has a great, yeah, great size at 6'6", six, six, and he's athletic. And, and he's just a sponge. And he's a great kid that's what i love about it like kids you know what they're going to give him he's just going to eat it up and he just, and and i was saying earlier to calvin like his dad is a bot used to work out be a bodybuilder big dude right so you know once he stops going vertically then he's going to start filling out. To fill out and then once and 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 you like Giannis. remember Giannis came in the league six nine a hundred pounds wet now Giannis is going through guys like the butter and that's the thing with, with that I'm so excited for Josh is that once he stops growing and fills out, he gets stronger. His range is going to extend, and then he's just going to body guys, just a little bump, boom, dunk on guys. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, to see to see where it goes. And I think the Spurs that was a great pickup. I'm so happy, so happy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's what this thing will pop, right? Like like I said before, like they're the they're the NBA versions of the Patriots. And anytime a coach like that wants you. Mm-hmm. Especially at that age, yeah. you're like, okay, this yeah. kid is legit. Like I was telling the story offline, where like where, when Corey Joseph got drafted by him, and everybody was like, wow, this kid left too early and all this stuff. And then as soon as Pop drafted him late in the first round, you're just like, okay, he's gonna be a player. He's yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 almost like you if you listen to to what uh, Pop and the organization is saying and the coaching staff is is saying what they provide to you. As long as you mm-hmm. follow the, the details, you're gonna be you're gonna be a veteran in the league with not a star. You're gonna at least at the very least you're gonna be a long time veteran. You, exactly. Everybody who yeah. follows that just it just they're in the league for 10, 12 years. All you gotta do is get to your second oh. contract. And with the Spurs, 
That's what's going to happen. He's going to get to his second contract. He's going to be good. And he's again, he's a, he's a great kid, man. And I'm so happy. Like, I, like, athletic 6'6 can shoot. And he's a great kid. He's a sponge. It's a coach's dream to get something. And he's and, and, and the youngest player in the draft. Um, yeah. That's putting out. I mean, yo, yeah. it is what it is. Like, the baby. Oh. Forget Steph Curry. He's now the baby face assassin. He's so. Looks like he's 12 years old. I'm so happy for him, man. It's a great pickup. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, for him. I'm happy and and what's crazy, what you're saying, if he gets this, by the time he gets to the second contract, what is he, like 22? Yeah, he's going to be a killer. He's going to be a kid. He, so, I mean, he, he if he does this right, there's a there's at least three to four contracts Yeah, he's going to get. Yeah. Which, yeah. And, and I mean, God forbid, if he's a star. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's even more amazing is the fact that, you know, I, and it's a great story because, um, you know, his mom passed away when he was a very at a very young age. You know, and he was raised by his dad and his siblings. So that's why even more so it's 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 a it's a great it's so it's a it's it's great when when great things happen to um to good people like Josh. And so I'm so happy mm -hmm. for that. So so happy. That made my this made my, my night, my week. I'm just just so happy. I'm, you're good, I'm happy. you're good. You're, you're good. Yeah. Now, the only other person is is AJ Lawson. If he can get drafted in the first round, that's my guy. That's man, my guy. Yeah, that if he can he get drafted in that work. Yeah, man, that kid. I've known that kid from. He was in grade seven. Is yeah, man. 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 Yeah, man. Love, love AJ. <laughs> love senior. I just if he can get drafted in the first round, that. You know, my I think, my. I think that's my, why we're watching this yeah. while this is happening. Yeah. This is part of the reason. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm taking a look, man. I'm trying to see my man AJ. Yeah, you know I want AJ. Yeah, I want AJ to get drafted, man. He just yeah, and AJ put it out, man. Like yeah, the one thing, he's like a primo story, right? Like yeah. went to the wrong. I I I say it all the time. I said so. He went to the wrong school. Went to South Carolina. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just didn't fit the system. Yeah, coach fucked him around, and you know he should have showed out. Like he, he was a. Projected to be a one and done at one point, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Spent what three years there with the stock fell, but yo, yeah. when he went to them workouts, he was killing. He's killing. And, and and it was a simple Mamba mentality. Yeah, man. Like, work on him. He was when he was coming out coming out he, basketball without borders, all those showcase all camps. He was killing. Like all yeah. I know people that were telling me, like, yo, AJ Lawson, yo, Kamaka, this guy's nice. Like people I know that he was killing. And you know, and yeah, his stock kind of fell a little bit, but his work ethic, and he showed up, man. This kid, again, he could play defense. He's gonna run. He could, you could move him one, two, or three. He can shoot the ball, yeah, push the ball, the break, makes great yeah. decision, great transition player. Woo! Yeah, great transition. Yeah, somebody he has like gotta work on his hands a little bit more, but yeah. that will come. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I don't know, these guys, you got to take somebody. You, Somebody like AJ, you don't pass up on. Like that kid is a winner. He's gonna he's gonna help you win basketball games. Mm -hmm. And again, a great kid. You don't have to worry about him. He's not a great nice kid. kid. Yeah, man. No. So. Hey, hey, one question for y'all, man. Um, what's the deal with that? Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. He, no, he's I was gonna mention he's from Oregon, right? Oregon is it uh, Eugene? Who are you? Eugene, I'm in Uri. Yeah, yeah. They say that they from. Is he Canadian? Is he from Montreal? Is he, is he just like? No, no, Eugene. So funny story. Dominicano. Dominicano. No, that's Duarte. Oh, you talking about Duarte? You talking about Duarte? Duarte, Duarte. Okay, Duarte. So Duarte, not that Eugene, not that the other. Yeah, Chris Duarte. So Chris Duarte was born in Montreal, and he went and lived in Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic. So he grew up there. 
and he claims Dominican Republic citizens, probably parents, whatever. So yeah, no cool. Yeah, because people like he's. I'm like, I mean, yeah, you know, he, he was born. How long did he live in Montreal for? Was it like he? It was you know a couple of months. Left at like one or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. So is, is he? Is yeah. he really? Is he really Canadian or is he more Dominican? Yeah, he was born here, so technically he's a Canadian citizen because mm -hmm. he was born here. It's, a, it's, he... a, it's the same way like Kyrie Irving was born in Australia, but he's not Australian, right? Right. right. Oh, right. It's the same like, like, like Guerrero, Guerrero, whatever, the baseball player from Toronto that's yeah. been in all them home runs, man. Yeah, but he was he's actually born. born. Yeah, because his dad... Um, played for Expos, right? Yeah, at the tail end of his career, played uh played for the Montreal Expos, and so you can hardly speak English, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, what, what's going on, man? Hey, hey. But he's destroying. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, destroying. He's, but that's yeah, a good point because I'm like, I kind of now I haven't been a baseball player, and I I used to follow baseball a lot. I know that once baseball season ends, right, guys go back home and they play in the in the Puerto Rican leagues. Puerto Rican man. leagues. So he's probably, you know, he probably spent a lot of his time outside of Canada, obviously growing up or whatever. So you're right, it's probably the same thing. He was born here, but obviously grew up, you know, wherever in his, you know, in the islands, wherever they're from, Puerto Rico or Dominican yeah. Republic, wherever. So. And what about Eugene? Yeah, Eugene, man. So it's funny because obviously he's a, he's, you know, he's a Rexdale kid. I actually, yeah. so that's standard. Yeah, so he played um, for Philip Dixon for Mississauga mm. Wolverines. And then he played for Vaughn Panthers for... Uh, Did he play for Chris, too, at Motion? Yes, he played, for, he played for Chris at Motion. And he went to West Humber. And then... Yeah, yeah and then he ended up playing for Vaughn Panthers for, for Tony Jackson, who this past summer... Absolutely. Yeah, and then um, I remember I worked him out. I worked Eugene, but Eugene was in grade 10. And... Um, Actually, Tony, had to, Tony reminded me, he goes, yeah, you worked him out. Because Tony, you know, I was at George Brown coaching, and Tony asked me to work out some guys, so I worked him out. But, yeah, Eugene is – Tony always kept telling me about him, like, O'Neal, like, you know, when he was at Rutgers, he's like, you know, Eugene's doing great, Eugene's doing great. And, you know, he left Rutgers and went to uh, Oregon and watching him play, and I'm like, this kid could play. And right away what jumped out at me is like, I'm like, this kid could be a Draymond Green, same size, <laughs> could push the ball. Great feel for the game, great basketball IQ, and he shoots the ball better than Draymond. He has better mechanics. He's more athletic than Draymond. So again, I'm like, I'm like, what am I missing? Like, somebody better grab this guy. This, these guys, it, you know what it was like too. It was like the same thing with with um, Luke and Dortz, right? Yeah. I remember watching Luke, Luke <clears throat> Dortz, and I was actually at the draft when he got drafted. I was at the, a couple years ago with you know drafters that RJ was in and Zion. Yeah, he didn't get drafted, right? He didn't get drafted. I couldn't believe. I'm like. Yeah, I was shocked I, at that. This guy, I'm like, yeah, but, 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 but O'Neal, he had offers to get drafted. He was like, at that point, he already had like known that he was going to get signed. And he, was, right. he would probably, he knew he was going to make more money, even though he signed. Being a free agent. He right. thought he was going to Yeah, exactly. He signed more okay. money. I think uh, uh, that was, that was kind of what happened there. And I, I think, you know, unfortunately for Eugene, I think, you know, um, I'm not sure he's a first player to get drafted in the second round. Yeah. But like him and AJ, if they don't get drafted, those two guys are going to be on NBA rosters. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. He's on a two-way immediately. Like, they're, 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 like they showed out. I don't know if you, I, I heard Eugene was up and down in his workouts, but great, like you said, a great kid from Rexdale, got yeah. that grit, got all the intangibles. I couldn't have said it better. I was going to say the same thing. 
Yeah. A, a Draymond Green type of player, yeah. hustler, yep. just great talent. And he's gonna and show out. trades. Yeah. Yeah, Jack and all trades. You know, and, you, you know, know, I could see him going to like a, a, a Golden State or someone like that as a backup, right? And you know, and you know what I'm learning? Um, I was listening to one of the, the, the shows today and somebody brought up what you just said. Sometimes it's probably actually better not to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And then you could go. You could pick your you could pick your choice of where you yeah. want to go. You, you have the decision to make. Yeah. 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 So right, you make yeah. more money. You pick where you want to go. The right yeah. fit. Plus, plus on top of that, plus on top of that, you get to your second contract faster. That's true. Right. 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 the situation that you're in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Yeah. So that's good. I, 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 just, I just hope they get picked up. I just want them to get picked up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a two- I just wish would have got paid more. Yeah. I know. I know. They on that deal, man. I don't know, man. If I was his agent, I would have been like, Yeah, you definitely yeah. got paid more. But. Or at least have it like an opt out, like halfway through that, at the mm-hmm. very least. But I get it though, because you know, I always, I always said with him, and I don't know his story in terms of um, how that the contract situation worked out. But you know, he, he gets he gets to OKC first year. You know, he's he's on a two way contract in between the G League, you know, and and um, and the Thunder. And then, you know, he, he gets up there. He's signing multiple 10-day contracts. Then COVID hits. And, you know, when you're on that two-way, you're making, you're like a thousand there still. You know what I mean? You're not a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. And you're sitting on that for like, you know, because what do you make on a 10-day? Like, it's probably like 30,000, 40,000 or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Now you're sitting on that money for four months. You know what I mean? And now they come to you with like a four-year contract that's like... The, the leverage is more in the team's favor. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do you do? Right. If you say no, it's like, and you get cut. Now what? Like, you just, you're still a thousand there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. everything kind of changes. So when I look at the story, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Just It's just because of the timing of COVID, right? Like, it's just, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it just mm-hmm. didn't work out in his favor. Where it's like, if he went through the year normal, made the playoffs, had that same impact, he could have just, you know, you know what? No, nah, I'm not going to sign with you guys. And somebody in free agency would have picked him up. You know, for like a two, three yeah. year deal, whatever it was, even if it's like ten million dollars total, it would still have been way better than a two way contract, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I feel for him though with, with that aspect, but I think he's, I mean, he's going to be fine. It just, he just wish he didn't have to wait like another three years to get to this to get to that contract. That's the right. only thing. Right. 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 So, so uh, before we move on to like the AU aspect and all that stuff, who was um who's your favorite? Who like who do you think is going to be this? I guess quote unquote like the star or. Actually, let me let me frame it a different way. What do you what do you who do you guys think like maybe is under the radar or you, you, like not like the Cades and stuff, but like who do you think like okay that kid is going to explode out of this draft that maybe not not everybody's talking about. Hmm. That's a good one. It's interesting. That's a great one. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, you know who I I I I I haven't seen him play much, but from what I saw him play a little bit, is that Australian kid. I yeah. think I mean he, he got he he got he Giddy, bigger than his name Giddy Josh Giddy or something Giddy. Yeah. Josh Giddy yeah I kind of like him too yeah out. yeah I, I think out of all the dudes like that's why they they went they went for gusto on him because you know it's kind of like what Masai did with Bruno when everyone's like why did you draft him so high because mm-hmm. he knew he wouldn't be able to get him in the second round because he oh later in the second round because maybe gone and. It, I think it's the same thing with Giddy. It's like, yo, when you when you jump on that cusp of lower lottery, mid like to, to lower first round, you gotta go for the player you want. And plus, you got like eighty five picks in the next two years, so right, <laughs> it right, right. There you go. Nah, and, 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 and I, I think I think he, 
Yo, O'Neal, didn't he play in the U19 Australian? Yes. Yeah, he did. And he went to, he was killed. My man, there was two players on that Australian, that yeah, yeah. U19 Australian team that was put it in that work. I, I believe he was one of them, and there was another light team kid that was long, athletic. I, I think he's going to be next year's draft, and he's going to be up there too. Yeah. I'm sure we got some good development going on, but um, yeah, both of those players really showed out. Um, outside of that, um, I'm trying to think. There was a player, there, there was a guard, um, and I, I'm sorry, I, I am attentively tested if he got drafted or not, but there was a guard I saw play. I think he played for Illinois. I can't remember his name. I think it was like an African cat. Yeah, I'm I, surprised he fell so me. low on the draft. But I think that that cat's going to be another one that that kind of like, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, y'all, but I think he's going to be like Sexton, like that kind of aggressive, you know, going like going hard his first year, trying to prove something. And, and I think he'll show out as well. But, yeah. I think, um, I think, um, Kaminga. I like yeah. Kaminga. I do too. I like. Did you see some of those those uh, ignite games? Yep. Because him and him and Green, I was like, yo, like right away. I'm like, ooh, those kids can go. But go on, go on. Yeah, no, I like, I like, I, 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 I like Kaminga and I like Green. I think, um, I think those two guys, those two guys are gonna. I mean, K Cunningham is gonna do his thing. Yeah, I mean, but I think yeah. even Bo Knight, you know, um, like those explosive yeah. guys. You know, Bowman? Yeah, because you know why? Because I like those New York guards. Those New York guards know how to play, man. Yeah, they do. But I, never, I don't think it. I think that was like our era. I don't think they show out in this era. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't. I haven't seen like I think they peak in like high school and everyone they carry that hype in the college. Sorry, man, for all my New York listeners. But yo, man, I've been playing y'all in AAU so long, and I I just don't see it. <laughs> call it space, space. You can call me out when you see me in down the south. Call the spade a spade. Don't see it. Uh, like you got uh, some good, you got some good New York guards. The guards come out of New York, but I feel like they they fall off once they hit the league. Like, tell me one good New York guard in the last decade from New York. It's Kemba. That's the only one. Come on, yep. man, Kemba. And he can stand up for yo. <laughs> Is that even a decade? Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. I do like I do like him though. I do like Bonite though. Yeah, he, like I, I do like the athleticism that he that he comes with though. Um, yeah, I would, I don't, I, actually, I would, I would agree with O'Neal with those, with those two, um, with with Kaminga. Like if if Golden State decides to keep him, mm-hmm. I think that's like just putting him in in, in that culture and just let him like seize it in that culture. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting, you know, because because I think because I think he's got the size and stuff. Like he's got a body that he can he can go right now. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get his man strength and stuff, but you, you don't have to wait like the next few years for him to get like mm-hmm. stronger and stuff. I think he can go now, and he's still so young too, right? Yep. What position is he playing? He's uh, like guard. six, 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 seven. Yeah, so he's gonna be a shooting guard, small forward. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's like six, yeah. six, seven. It's gonna take him a while. Yeah, um, yeah. Athletic, run the floor, could defend. Yeah, yeah. like. It'll be it'll be interesting because more more future future wise and stuff, and I guess we got to talk about this whole thing with um with Westbrook going to the Lakers. Do you guys think this has an impact? I have a feeling this might. I have a feeling there's a there's a there's a there's like a ten percent chance it might be a disaster, but ten percent chance. Ten percent, 
here's what's gonna happen. I, I as I'm I, as I'm really marinating on it right now, because that wasn't like you know, it's not like when you hear about the the what what was happening with you know super teams in the past coming together or you know for example the Brooklyn Nets lately. I was just like, okay, whatever. And then I you know like Mr. Glass is always hurt. But what is what does Charles what does Chuck call him? Was Chuck's new nickname for Anthony Davis? Was it that, was it Glass? No, it was something because he's always in a suit. I think he's because he's always hurt. Oh, uh, so, nobody called him. Yeah, Mr. Glass. You know, I call him Mr. Glass because this guy's always hurt. And Russell Westbrook's always hurt. The way Russell Westbrook plays, he's always having. It's like he's having. He's always having minor knee surgeries every year. I know. You know? And so that adds up. LeBron's. Mm -hmm. You know, LeBron is. LeBron's is aging out. You know, and LeBron can only do so much. And so it's like, yeah, great. Uh, I think they need to add some more pieces, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not getting excited like, oh, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be the team to beat in the West. It's like, cool, you got Westbrook, <laughs> you know, and now you're going to figure out how, to sh how who's going to dominate the ball more, LeBron or Westbrook. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting, but I wasn't, I wasn't overly excited or like, oh no, you know, but you know, it, it, it's a good trade, I guess. And it makes things interesting in the West because Clay's coming back. You have the Clippers, you know, you're going to, you have the Utah, you Utah, have Denver. Denver, you know, some really good teams, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's just going to make, it just made the West even again, probably the, the, you know, the, the, the best conference. So we'll see what's up. We'll my see. thing, my thing is, well, a couple of things. Number one is, is, is Westbrook. You know, going into last season, Westbrook wanted to go back on the team where he was going to be handling the rock. You know, go be close to like averaging his triple doubles again. Um, is that is going to is that going to be his focus going to LA on top of winning a championship, or does he just not care anymore? He just wants to win. I think that's that's the number one fact. Is he, is he going to be chasing boards? You know, trying to get boards off Anthony Davis. You know, you know what I mean? Because he wants to uphold this triple, triple double streak. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, is, is that going to be yeah. the thing? Like in the, well, regular, in, the, in the regular season, I'm like, I think they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Because, and you really, you can use, you could use him as the gas for the team because he just has that motor. Yep. My, my biggest thing with Westbrook, and it's the same thing every year, is when the playoffs come, what the, the decision making is, what is his, always his downfall. You know what I mean to me. Gray's a great player, you know, explosive player. Like he's, he's like he'll be. A, he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame, obviously. But it's just the decision making is is like somebody like LeBron being around LeBron. Is that gonna help him make better decisions, or is he like, you know, that like that one trick pony where he just has that one track mind, and and that's great in a lot of cases. But then playoffs, you gotta gotta slow things down a little bit, you know, and just and just make those certain decisions at the right times. And he's just always on a thousand. Right. You know, so it's like yeah. in the regular season they're gonna need that, but in the playoffs, like yeah, to me, I'm like, how's he gonna adjust? That's it. Well, well, the one thing I can say is that before, before, remember, like when he first went to Washington, he wasn't getting all those triple doubles. He had to get those triple doubles because Bill was kind of out, and and during the end of the season, when making that that kind of last playing push, he, that's kind of what he has to do. And that's that's the like you said, you, you said something that that resonates. The one trick pony. That's his game where he carries teams on his own to like mediocrity. I don't like you said. I don't know if he's gonna be able to show out with this team. But one thing I can tell you is that 
as we, you know, you got Glass Joe and you got, you know, LeBron who's aging out, right? So during those stretches, Westbrook, if he's healthy, he he can he can win games for you just on his own. Like yeah. Playing that triple double way, it's it, it, it's the key. You guys said is if they're all healthy, how's it going to fit? Yeah. I honestly thought that Brett, like you know, in a perfect world, if LeBron could play more and in, in, in AD healthy, that um, Heels would have been a better fit. I like, agree. Before, I I was like, damn, that's a perfect fit. That's a good fit. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, but then again, guys, heels not the tech that's going to carry your team when they both are down. Right. Well, one of them is down. Because one of them is going to be down. One of the three is going to be down at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you can, still, you, you can still use heel because he's such a great catch-and-shoot guy, right? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a play for him, then, you know? Maybe yeah. there's still a play. I don't know. Like, yeah, I thought... Shouter or someone for him. I don't know. I was, I was definitely with you. Like, see, that got me more excited than the Westbrook, right? Because yeah, same, same here. I was like, oh, he's a better like Buddy Heel. That guy is just lights out. He's gonna automatic. He's a butter. So that got me more excited because to me, like Westbrook and LeBron, you know, two dominant guys are gonna want the ball in their hand. How's that? And they're not like it's not like both of those guys are lights out shooters, mm-hmm. right? LeBron will. He's not a great shooter, but LeBron will hit the shot when he needs to make it. Same thing with Westbrook, mm-hmm. but. Can you really rely on them? Whereas somebody like Buddy Hill, now you know, you know, if you're double teaming Anthony Davis or you're double teaming LeBron, bam, right? Buddy Hill, as soon as he hits his hand, it's gone. And so, plus he can create a shot too. Plus he, okay. and he can create a shot. So yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have, I would have, um, you know, I would have been a little bit more excited about that than Westbrook. But, I agree. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I was when I saw the Westbrook thing, I just kind of shook my head. I'm like, this is why I'm like, there's, there's a, there's a ten percent. Or maybe you could bump you bump it up like maybe even twenty percent chance it's gonna be, yeah. it's, it may un- end ugly, you know. Yep. Well, the other Just, thing you gotta look at too is like like I I, I, I hope people don't jump all over me for this, but I find them like Westbrook just a a, a a super duper better version of Trouser. Right, they kind of play similar, right? Like, yeah, like, like kind of like same kind of game, right? Maybe yeah. you know what I mean, like very erratic, play at a very fast pace, just go hundred miles per hour. Yeah, um, yes, he has a look. He has a little bit of the uh, the head in him. Yeah. Well, not that I was going to say. He, he so, sometimes you know I'm wondering on that team is he going to have a little bit of the Carlton Banks in him, where he's like, no, this is my last shot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And it's gonna hit the shot clock. Like that's, that's <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. You know, more than anything else. But I mean, it makes the West more interesting, though. But yeah. uh, but I, I I agree with you guys. I was more excited for Heald when I heard that. I was like, ooh, that that's actually pretty good. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and and I guess going you know going to the Washington side, I was telling O'Neill this earlier. But I'm like, everybody rips Kyle Kuzma. I'm kind of like. I want to see. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with him. You know what I mean? Because I, mm-hmm. I still think I'm one of those few people that still think he's he's really talented or has talent. But it's yeah. just you know he's he kind of he's kind of gone Hollywood. You know what I mean? So going to DC. I mean DC's not Hollywood, obviously. But I'm like, is he going to carry that same mentality where he's like, you know, he's he's trying to be on, you know, get into the Kardashian family. You know, <laughs> is he is he is he trying to live this? still live this life or is he trying to like really be an all-star and try to win? Right. You know, so I like, I'm interested to see what happens with him now that like 
what he does under LeBron, like like outside of LeBron and you know AD's wing and stuff, right? Like I yeah. want to see what he what he does there because I think before LeBron and them guys got there, he out of all the young talent, like of course Ingram was like, was one of them. But I used to look at Kuzma, I'm like, yo, that that kid can. I mean, I know he's not a dude. He can score though. Like that, that's like he yeah. can play ball. Like I yeah. can, I can play ball. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. So then when LeBron came, it's like he just went down. Like he didn't know. Not everybody knows how to play with LeBron, right? Listen, I somebody you know because I'm always having the LeBron, Kobe, MJ <laughs> debate, and you know somebody posted something that was that was very that was really great, very profound, and. If you're a role player, if you're just a catch-and-shoot guy that hey, your user's rate is already low, you're perfect playing with LeBron James, right? Your numbers will actually probably go up. But if you're a guy that has a high usage rate or need the ball more times than not, your numbers are going to go down. And that's the kind of guy, like, it happens with Bosh, it happens with Kevin Love, it happens with Kyrie, right? And with Kuzma, it's the same thing. Before LeBron got there, Kuzma, I thought he was playing well. People thought he was a talk of the town. Him taking guys off, hitting shots, you know? And then you're right, LeBron comes there, his usage rate goes down. So now, you know, he doesn't fall he doesn't know how to fall into that role of just being a catch and just a catch and shoot guy or three and yeah. D guy. He still wants to be the Kuzma on the score and it, it it doesn't work out. So I just thought that's interesting. And it, you know, like if you have a high usage rate, you're not it's not good to be playing with LeBron. But if you're a solid role player, catch and shoot guy, you know. Caruso plays well. Yeah, he's Carver's play, mm-hmm. bro, plays all these guys, all these role players. Mike they look Miller, like, like yeah, yeah, they look like superstars, right? Because all you gotta do is run to a spot, wait there, LeBron. After he dribbles, uh, the he's shot clock will pass you the ball, yeah. and all you do is catch and shoot. Whereas Kuzman might need it earlier, so you know mm-hmm. that's a good point. I think when Kuzman leaves and he goes somewhere, you know, he might, uh, depending on the team. He could, he could be a six-man where he comes off the bench and he can have all the freedom like Jordan Clarkson at Utah to just go mm-hmm. nuts, right? Go nuts and, 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 and you know, lead the, um, lead the second unit in scoring. Or he go to a team where they don't have, you know, they need another, uh, another uh, uh, big-time player and, and then he can have the freedom, again, to, to you know, to, to make mistakes, you know, to get some bad take, to take some bad shots and not worry about it. So, I agree. I agree. I think maybe leaving leaving LA would probably be the best thing for him too, right? Because sometimes I would say this: like when I first started teaching, I you know, um, I got into some. I, I was teaching at one school for five years, and then I had to leave. And when I got to when I went to the other school, I I actually became a better teacher. Part of it because I was scared. I was like, you know, in my early in my teaching career, and I didn't know I was. I didn't want to leave my school. It was a great school. I enjoyed it there. And I was comfortable there. But leaving, going to this other school, now it was unknown. And I really had to lock in. And that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, my teaching career, leaving the school that I started with. Because at some point, I got comfortable. Probably had some bad habits, right? And, you know, so I think that's the same thing with with Kuzman as a player, right? He's LA's la-la land. Right and probably and you had the wrong. Get caught up. Yeah, can... right. And so this would be this would be good for him to uh you know to go somewhere new, somewhere fresh, and potentially you know um, help lead a team. So and plus and plus you get scouted by the uh, by the Kardashians and the Instagram models and stuff. You, you're you're a high lottery pick <laughs> <laughs> depending, depending on how you look. 
And, and, and depending if your head's into that. So it's like go. you can you get caught up if you're living in LA real quick, especially when you're on the Lakers and you're winning and it's a yeah. high profile team. Dude. Everybody might just wants to go there by proxy, right? Yeah, you and you constantly remember you constantly around actors and producers and directors. So yeah. somebody's like, yo, come be in my show, come be in my mm -hmm. movie or whatever, mm -hmm. right? I'm mm -hmm. doing this, you want to be part of it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's yeah, you get distracted, man. It's easy. But you're, but you're in Washington now, so it's like, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Beal, but if Beal's going to be there this season, like, I, I, I mean, it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't shock me if you see him averaging like 20 plus next year. Like, it wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, to be I honest agree. with you. But I it agree. just, it all depends on where his head is at. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I agree. DC is a lot different than LA. DC is a lot different. Chocolate City, though. Chocolate but it's City. a lot different. <laughs> I, I, I went to a, a quick, when I was, um, two years ago when I was coaching with an, another organization, we went to uh, D.C. for early, early, early in the AAU season and um, I ended up meeting, <clears throat> meeting up with um, um, my, uh, a friend of mine. So he's, 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 he's friends with Pops Metzabansu who played for the Raptors and okay. his brother Kojo who's my teammate. They live in D.C.? They live in DC. Yeah, at, at least Pops does, and and um, and he's actually Pops's cousin. So I met up with them, and we're hanging out. And he took me to a spot. I was like, it, it was kind of like um, uh, what club did my there's a what was the name of the club that was on uh, Richmond and John? It was like three like three levels. Oh, he's talking about he's talking about um the, the, the club, club we went um, the club in DC like that. And yeah, like, it, they used to call it they used to call it DC Live, and they changed it to the Dream. It was Dream. Dream, DC Dream, Live. Dream. Yeah, it was cool. I was like, wow. It was like just every oh, every, every dance floor was packed. Oh man, yeah, it was yeah. bananas. I was like, wow. yeah, it's DC oh. Live, and they, they call it DC Dream afterwards. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, this place is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> We, I mean, we, we random, we got stories that we can't tell on air, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, this, it's called Chocolate City for a reason. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a great experience. Yeah. It wasn't, a, the thing, it, was not, it wasn't like it was a strip, it was just a club. No, it but it's just different levels and it was packed. Each floor yeah. was packed. Like, oh, yeah. Packed. Let, let, let me put it in perspective. We went there for we went there a few times, but we went there once in New Year. Yeah. So imagine. <laughs> imagine. Yeah, yeah. Put it in perspective. Yeah. 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 And, and and we were like, you know, this was like when we was all single, no family, you know, <laughs> no kids. So you can only imagine uh yeah, the debauchery that went on. The yeah. stuff, the stuff yeah. that happened, Ooh. but but, I understand uh, you bunch the heathens and sinners. So. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but it's one thing, one thing about DC too. I love is like the happy hour spots and stuff like that. That yeah. stuff to me, I always thought was like it's really cool when you go there. Yeah. And it's just everybody's looking like you, and it's like you know, and it's professionals and yes. you know, and all that stuff. Right. You're just like, damn, like yo, yeah. this is this is nice. Yeah. Like I always, I always said that like. If I was to move to the states, I always said DC would be like a place that I would I, I would strongly think about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't. Like, I, I would like strongly think about it, but I wouldn't. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> New York, Miami, or California, yeah. anywhere, I either nowhere, Bay Area or Southern Cal. Right. Southern, yeah, I ain't moving nowhere that got snow. <laughs> nowhere that got snow or that got snow. That got snow. That got snow. 
I yeah. hear you. I hear yeah, you. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you with that. So I'm just saying, if there if there was a place that has snow, I'd rather DC because there's a snow as much as it does, like as opposed to like New York or right or Northeast or right. whatever, right? Right, 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 right. So with like the AAU season ending, right? Um, for both of you guys, and I and I know you you O'Neill, like I was gonna ask you to kind of take us behind the curtain of like your experience because I know you were in the states for like basically it was like a month or something like that, right? My team was, my team was. Um, I wanted to go, but if I wanted to stay married, I um, I'm going to change position. Yeah, so I actually the team was down there for um for a month. They went down June. What team on? What team on there now? So. Because I, I, technically with North Toronto, but the, obviously they weren't doing anything. And going into 17U, um, you know, most of the guys are, we are really four guys that can go. Um, and, um, you know, the other guys, they're more CI, Canadian CIS guys. So, and they weren't looking to, you know, they're already looking to go to CIS school. So I just took my guys over to Vaughn Panthers with Tony Jackson, because I know he had some 17U guys, a couple of guys, you know, four, same around four guys that can, you know, that, that were looking to come back for the fifth year and trying to get, get, you know, D1 scholarship. So, and based on everything that was going on with COVID, it just, it was just the easiest thing to do. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, because um, um, I had the option of going with Red Rush as well in Montreal with my, my guy. Oh, yeah, my man, my, my man. Then Berkey. Berkey. So but because initially I was talking to Berkey, but then I was like, you know what? Again, the regu- the rules are always changing. You know, we don't know what we're so it was just it was easier. So I just went with Vaughn and they went down June fifth and they stayed at Combine Academy, which was number you know, they're ranked number five uh in in prep school uh, on a number Fifth, uh, number five for prep schools in the United States uh, this past year. They have like six guys that are like high D1 players. One of them plays for CP3. Um, you know, so that's some that and they're, they're actually all returning. And so um, what Combine Academy was doing, it was allowing for different teams. There's baseball that was there. Um, Bounce was down there. Bounce 16U and 15U were down there. So mm-hmm. a lot for different teams. Stay at the dorms, work out in the gym. You had access to the gym. 24-7. Like, literally, a couple of our kids, you know, went into the gym and was, like, shooting from, like, 2 in the morning to 5 a.m. It's like, that's crazy. And, uh, but, yeah, so it was cool. It was a good experience in that sense that they were down there training. Uh, Jeff McGinnis, who coaches the national team, so they have, like, four different teams. But the main team that plays in the Geico National Championship, Jeff McGinnis mm-hmm. um, coaches that team. So, the, the the first week that they were there, he took them through, uh, you know, he was taking them through workouts and training them, whatever. And, yeah, it was, you know, our guys were down there, and, and they, they trained for the week. And then um, July, I think it was July 1st and 2nd, there was a tournament. Was a, it wasn't during a life period, so it was just a tournament. Our guys played in that just to get some games. And then I went down the following weekend, July 7th to 12th. And we played in the Phenom Hoops that was in South Carolina, just right out of because we were in North Carolina and just it was about an hour away, so just at the you know the state the state border in South Carolina in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So that was a that was a cool tournament. It was very big. And then I came back and the guys stayed down there. They stayed at Combine and they drove down um, 
five hours to Virginia Beach, and then they played. So it was still it was all phenom hoops. So they played in the phenom classic when I was there, and they played in the phenom seven five seven in Virginia Beach, and then they went to um, Vegas, and then they went and played in Vegas. Hold on. <laughs> The Fab 48? Was that still going No, on? They, they played in the Bigfoot. Okay. The Fab 48 had a different name. They didn't play in the Fab 48. They played in the Bigfoot. And so that's what they did. And, um, you know, it was, it was obviously different than what you're normally used to. Um, you know, and um, a lot of tournaments, you, you kind of, again, COVID just, everything was up in the air with COVID. And, yeah. you know, coaches... In talking to coaches and even tournaments, they weren't sure if they're going to have it because they didn't know if coaches were coming. Coaches, right? And and then I think at the last second, NCA was like, okay, we're going to open up recruit uh, life period, pretty much until you know July, the weekend, the last weekend of July second, twenty twenty. So, 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 so O'Neal, let me ask you something, man. Yes. Um, from your perspective, we both on the AU circuit. We both have experience in it. Um, maybe have different experiences in it. I, I guess what it comes down to is. I think the, the, the landscape of AAU has changed in the last few years, as you know. And much that, I guess my question to you is, is looking at it from a, a holistic point of view when you're going down there and this whole, the way that the, the life periods have changed, you know, um, you went from a, a sneaker deal kind of AAU program to kind of more of a grassroots program. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but, but my perspective is, what is the difference in your perspective with the two circuits? Like, like, could you still get look? I remember back in the day when I was coaching U19 with Motion and Etobicoke, I bring down down now. You could go and you'd be coaches in the gym for different life periods. Now with the life periods truncated, it's like I'll be honest with you. I think I, I wouldn't go. I didn't even go down with 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 you play. I was supposed to be at the U16 team, and I, I was supposed to head coach it. I didn't go down. So obviously, my wife. I know yeah. I don't want to spend a month down there, but I want I wanted to instead of playing with my grassroots team and bringing them down and wasting all the time, I'd rather have coached the team that was on a sneaker circuit because that's where you're really you get all the coaches in the gym, the atmosphere, the looks, getting players D one quicker, better, more efficient. Um, rather than you know, bringing your great team down Good. and going to like you know like you said like you know um that forty eight now is, is a watch. I mean, remember way back I went in there. It was, it was great. Pat, now as yeah. you go in there, like empty, right? So I- I'm just wondering what the what the deal is, right? One hundred percent. Um, and it was so that's exactly what I when I think of because when I was with the Kings, we didn't have a shoe deal, and every turn that we went to, there's coaches. Like I'm seeing when Bobby Hurley was with Buffalo, but I've seen Bobby Hurley, all these coaches on the sideline, just around. Like every tournament, whether it's Pit Jam, whether you know the first, the yeah, always, Pit Jam, yeah, the yeah, first, uh-uh. the, the two early tournaments in April was Pit Jam and then the one in Indiana, right? And then you have, yeah, then you have the break, yeah, then you have the break, and then you have a couple in July, and that's where you know we're going to Vegas with Northern Kings, we're going to Vegas, and then I think we'll we'll do we did one more, and again it was just you saw coaches, right? These tournaments, the truth is, no, there wasn't. There wasn't coaches like there wasn't a lot of coaches. All the coaches were at the shoe. At the shoe, shoe, at the shoe. Right. So if if you know if, if I'm being honest, I'm like EYBL. If you can't get on the EYBL, 
Try armor. Under Armour. And then try Adidas. Yeah, Under Armour, it's Adidas. Yeah. And, and here's the reason why. Because, again, the way things are and the way COVID has changed stuff, you just want to You want to be seen, right? And you want exposure. Like, before, for me, it would have been like, let's get a team. Let's try to go down there and win. We're gonna, you know, our guys are going to be seen from the first game. But the further you go, obviously, the more interest the coach is going to have. Because they're going to really, okay, this team's winning. What do they have? You know, let's look at their players. Look at them closely. Right, but yeah, from day one, from the first game in the past, you'll be playing in front of coaches. The NY to LA, right in, mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, uh, we actually won that two years ago with the last. Oh. Team. But or at 15U, we won it, but we're 15U, okay. so coaches weren't really there. And you know, the, we no. played on the last day it was Sunday, no coaches were there. But if it was 16U or 17U, would have been different. But and that's what I and that's what I thought it would it would be like this year when 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 we're going down as a non-shoe team. But all the coaches were were in Augusta or wherever, you know, you play where Augusta or Texas where Under Armour was. Yeah. So that's where all the college coaches were. So I don't know what it's gonna be like next year. Um but I would <clears> say yeah if, if you're not on a, if you don't have a, a, a shoe team, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be so, tough. So, I, to so how's, how has it changed from so from basically like you know pre-COVID, like even from 2019 to like this year, like how, how like what was the what was the well, differences? It hasn't, it hasn't really changed per se, but what, what changed is the dynamics of the life period. So back back in in I think O'Neill changed like two three years now. Yeah, so maybe like so maybe like three years ago there was more live periods where coaches could come watch you play yeah. during a so they can bounce around to different circuits. Now if you notice like. I don't know if you if you if you dialed in see to, to what's going on in the AE circuit, but the last few years you'll notice like um, Pete Sam, um, I can't remember the Under Armour circuit name, but they, they um, but all those circuits like the, the Adidas three DD whatever they all they all now are almost in somewhat the same vicinity, so the coaches can kind of and always around that same time frame, so all the coaches can bounce from you play. It, it's like they got their schedule. Okay, I'm gonna stop off Adidas. I'm gonna go to you know, we'll stop up at, at EYBL because that's like yep. the king. And then I'll go to, a, to um, Under Armour and then I'll go to Adidas and, and, and see what's there. They, they kind of go on that kind of circuit, that loop, all yeah. within a certain time frame and, and that life period time. They're not going to waste their time to go to a, a small tournament in Vegas anymore. Because the time period is shorter. Time period is shorter and they've got a certain amount of time to, to, to look at players. And all those circuits, you know, are kind of, it's everything organized and catered for that purpose, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. I, know, I, know, yeah. I know when I was with play, um, um, we, there, so you had, you, you had all the shoe circuit in one city, right? So it was mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, Indiana. So, and I remember this because, you know, this was RJ's last year when he played, like, you know, because uh, another player I knew was playing Under Armour. So, and, it was interesting because our hotel where we were staying at, we had to drive maybe 20 minutes, half an hour to our gym. But there's a gym that was across the street that was like a, maybe a five, a, a, a two-minute drive or five-minute walk, whatever it is. But that was closer to our hotel, and that was Under Armour. So they had all the shoe circuit in one city. And like, like you're saying, go to just they'll leave EYBL, go drive over to Under Armour, go drive over. And, and Adidas was probably playing further somewhere in Indiana, Indiana you know? And so you just had, it was easy for the coaches to go around. Everything was just in one spot. 
or one mm. city, and they could just leave and just drive around and hit up and see. So even see even the smaller ones or the, the yeah. smaller shoe deals, you could shoe shoe um yeah um shoe circuits. You could just uh you could just bounce right there. But here's also what's changed. Remember before, all the shoe circuits will only have four tournaments, right? So mm -hmm. they'll have they'll have their like two in April, one in May, right? And then maybe one in the end of June or something like that. And then they'll have their championships. And then so that's just one weekend. And so that left that weekend for the Vegas, the Fab 48. Right. right. So we're now none of the shoe tournaments were playing. So now those independent tournaments like the NY2LA or the Vegas one, now you had the NCAA coaches coming there because the shoes and then you had some of the shoe circuits and all those some of those teams that were in the you had some Under Armour teams or Nike teams or Adidas teams in these tournaments, in these individual tournaments as well, right? So, but what had happened this year was they they extended it at least where you play, you play had it had like such sort of a long extension, right? They played they played like eight games, nine games, and then they had a playoffs or whatever it was. So, yeah, if you're if you're if you're in a non-shoe tournament AAU, unless you already coaches already you know were interested in you and were looking for you then uh, maybe but even still like I know I had I uh, you know we had one player on our team and I had sent out the information to his prep coach because he's like yo I have these schools that want to come and see him but you know I don't know how high he was on their list in a sense that if they're over here you know in Augusta, are they gonna? Are they really gonna go fly out or drive, whatever? How long it was gonna take to come to see where, you know, this kid was my, you know, the kid that I was coaching playing. So I don't think he was high on their list. Their interest, there's interest. So it would have been easier, obviously, if he was were playing somewhere close to Augusta, or <clears throat> so then they're like, yeah, no problem, I could drive by. But I don't think they're gonna go out of their way. Right. Uh, they're gonna check it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I don't know what it's going to be like this year. I'm obviously I'm hoping things are slowly moving back. Um, you know, the thing that I'm interested in also a change with remember N NBA Academy as well, right? So NBA Academy, yeah. um, you know, they because the NCAA kind of shortened the life period and they gave the NBA Academy where, um, you know, is it top 100 players? I guess. Yeah. Well, no, it's not actually. Not really just, no, you uh -huh. could, anybody could apply. Like you could just put your name in. And the first, at least the first year that they did it, I know that we're getting emails for all the players. Like just you know, sign up. And I know only and only one player took advantage of it. And sure enough, you know he was getting schools interest and interested in them. Right, he, he went to the Illinois because they're having an NBA academy in different different parts, and <clears throat> all the D one coaches were in one spot. Right, so that's how NCAA was come was sort of. Cutting back on the shoot on the life period, yeah. yeah. So that started uh, uh, a couple of years ago. NCAA was cutting back on life periods, and so that's why they kind of extended it this year because of um, because of um, um, you know what happened with COVID. But COVID. yeah, if you're not in a shoe cup, if you're not EYBL, see um, AAU or the Gauntlet, but it's more EYBL and AAU than. It's tough, man. It's it's gonna be tough to get to get looks from the coaches. And do you think do you think like is it gonna be like this going forward, or do you just, do you just think just because it's COVID's time still, it's I think like, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's everything's a little more truncated. 
Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's. No, I don't think it's going. I don't think it's going to go back because the monopoly now. The shoe companies want the monopoly. Yeah. Right. So why would why would they switch the format? Because what they what it seems like they've done, and and you know you could probably confirm this more than I could, um, is that they they turn those they turn those circuits into more like quote unquote leagues. So they're, they're, they're not like, like O'Neill said, there were, before it was all truncated into like maybe one or two weekends. Now it's stretched over every live period. Yep. So it's like a league now. Like, they, 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 like okay, you, you win this first session, you go on to the second. Or, vice, you know, you win the first, second session, you go to the last session, right? So you've got to qualify the peak jam. You got to play these two, you got to qualify for the last, yep. right? So, and then the teams that don't qualify, maybe the last live period, there may be some more tournaments coming on. Right, where they, they kind of mix match it, right? Where they have like elite teams playing it, like doesn't matter what sneaker you know deal you're with, they go down to whatever that tournament in Florida now. So I think they're starting stuff like that in per se, yeah. but um, it all matches up with live teams at the end of the day, yeah. man. Yeah, so yeah, and you know, again, the NCAA cut the live periods and they created like they sanctioned where you can go. Like, so they made the NBA Academy. They created that thing. So now you have all the coach. And it was, NCAA was doing that sort of to, to screw up the, the shoe companies, right? Yeah. They kind of created, so I don't know what's going to happen. That's a great question. Um, I don't know if, because again, there wasn't, the reason why they extended the life period because the NCAA had cut it. They had cut the life periods in July. And um, so now they extended it because of COVID and people like, you know what, you know, players need more time. So they extended, but I think they will, they probably will go back to, you know, to shortening the life periods. Cause you could have tournaments, you could have AU tournaments as much as you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have AU tournaments every day. Right. It's just when life, when can coaches come and just see it. sit in the gym and right. talk to you and see you. So, um, yeah. So I don't know, man, I, I, you know, um, what I'm trying to do is get players to get connected with showcases like Pango Showcase. Yeah, well, those are the. Are those for more younger players? I, 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 I Pango does one for for I think like you know guys going into their last year. I think he does do okay. one for, but most yeah. Yeah, most of it for young guys. But like seniors to bees. Yeah, but most of it's for young guys. So sophomores, you know, freshmen, sophomores, maybe juniors. So I would, yeah. you know. If if you're not on a sh- if you're not on a shoe, I would try to get in a Pangos that way or John Lucas. But yeah, man, if you're not on a shoe team, um, you know your grassroots, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you gotta try that or like the NBA Academy apply. Yeah, and- yeah so, it's tough. I got I got I got one question for y'all. When you play in these AU circuits, all right, and and, and, and I think I know you're in Tiffy's group, so you, you probably heard this. This debate going on, and it's an interesting one, right? Um, you go down to these shoe, these shoe circuits, as we've seen, um, especially this year, and I think some of it's attributed to COVID. We've seen a lot of teams struggling going down there with losing records and not showing out, right? So the debate is, what program is the best? Everyone debate, everyone's going to have their opinion on is the EYBL, is an Under Armour, Adidas. We kind of know what it is. We're not going to get into that debate. That's neither here nor there. But yeah. the debate is, if you are on one circuit that everyone thinks is inferior and you have a better record, does that make you a better program? A. And B, um, 
what matters more? Winning, let's say you uh, win a circuit, or getting more players to the promised land, that's Division One, high-end blue-tip Division One, or the league. Ultimately. The league eventually. What is, yeah, what, 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 in your opinion, both of y'all, what do you think is better? Is winning or getting to the promised land? Getting to the promised land. That's what you're doing it for. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I, I, and here's why I say that, because I always, I always thought, and Scarlett educated me on this, and, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have my boast to pick with you playing, Dwayne, but, um, because when I coach, I coach to win, right? <clears throat> and that's what I'm coaching, and I know the, men the mentality in the States, that's how it is too, it's to win, and so... I haven't played down there and just know the mentality of the players and coaches is to win. Culture, yeah. It's the just... culture, it's winning, right? And winning does help. You know, winning does help because even when we're watching the EYBL, um, you know, there was excitement that the Uplay 17s were doing well and winning. So winning does right, matter. Right, right. Winning does matter, does play a part. But ultimately, ultimately, you're doing all of this you want to win so that coaches can see you, so that you can get the scholarship, so that you get invited to, um, um, you know, the Nike 100, Hoop Summit, whatever, right? Basketball without borders. So in my mind, I thought, yeah, if you're winning and coaches see, because in order to win, you have to do good things. You have to, you're scoring the ball, you're making the right plays, you're playing together, you're playing hard, you're doing all the things that, that go into winning and Coaches will see that and they'll love you. Good habits. But, yeah, but I, you know, but what I was educated on, and Scarlett brought up a good point, was really coaches are, they already know the players that you want. You know, Jerome is in a chat group and Coach Blunt's in a chat group. And they confirmed it's like, really, we're not looking at the team's record. We just know, right. we're, we're looking at the player. We're going to go check the player. And, you know, we want to see if he's a fit for our program. So winning plays, so I would say winning plays a, a small part. Um, but ultimately is the, to me, AAU is about exposure. Yeah. I, I, this is how I see AAU 14, 15. You might want to get exposure for a prep school in the States. You want to go, you know, if they see you at that age, then you can reclass and maybe go to a, a, a Huntington or Oak Hill or whatever. Once you get to 16, 17, the exposure you want is D1 to get a D1 scholarship and you know, to go play for a Power 5 conference if you're good enough, a mid-major if you're good enough, and then ultimately to get um, to the NBA. That's how I see AAU. So if, if you're bringing down a team at 14, 15, you exposure, you want to get them to see, you know, just get over that, the, the, the lore of playing against kids in the state. So, you're, you know, our Canadian kids get used to playing against them. <clears throat> But also your kids that can go. And prep school is not for everybody. Because when I say, when I talk about prep school, I'm not saying every Canadian. Prep school is for the best of the best because steel sharpens steel. So, and one thing I've learned coming up, why if you go down to the States and a lot of other countries do this, if you take your best and you let them play against the best early, then they're in front of NBA GMs and scouts. So they get invited to Basketball Without Borders. They get invited to Nike. Right. Right like A.J. Lawson, yeah. like Josh Primo, right? Like Keon Ambrose, like, um, you know, uh, Charles Badiaco, Jamal Murray, you know, um, R.J. Barrett. 
Ignis Bredzikius. All these guys, they all got invited to those things, and they're able to play in front of NBA scouts and GMs. So that's what AAU is to me. And so where I did put an onus on winning, because I'm like, yeah, if you win, you know, and it's more important definitely at 16U and 17U, because you really go, now you're really going up against, you're going to, every team at, at if you're beating some good teams, you, you're probably going to get at least one pro. And, you know, Scarlett brought up a good point. You know, he's like, and the EYBL team, every EYBL team has potentially one pro on their team, one NBA guy. So, they, they normally do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because right? if you don't, they're going to put, like, look what happened to, no offense, look what happened to Bell. Right, I get it, exactly, right? They want winners, and that's another reason. They want high-level players. Just that they're, just that they're, not, they're not winning, they didn't have any horses, right. yeah. potential leaguers, right? Yeah. Correct. Projected leaguers. Projected leaguers. Right. Because it's best for EYBL as well. Because, again, if you have leaguers, that's going to bring high-level D1 coaches. It's good for your, your, your thing. It, your program. It makes no – it's common sense. They're, they're coming, paying to come and see, right, see these kids. So, um, you know, it's – winning plays – I would say winning plays a small part. So, yeah, if you're winning in the, if you're winning in the gauntlet, that's good. That's, I think that's only good for – bragging rights right like you could come back here and brag that you know we won like you you know for if you want to get future kids like listen right right oh you know, this is what we're doing you go on social media post all that stuff but the truth is if i'm doing washington like scarlet just posted it i'm posting like scarlet just posted a picture in a chat group i'm posting a picture of doing washington with josh primo who just got drafted yeah right? i'm posting a picture of doing washington with with, you know, let's say A.T. Lawson or with Shea Gilders Alexander or with, with um, RJ. R.J. Barrett, right? That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Because this is where kids want to get to. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think ultimately you want to get to the NBA. You want to get that D1 scholarship and get to the NBA. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think if, 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 if you're going by that, it's, it's like, because to me it's a no-brainer. When kids say to me, I want to go to the NBA, I'm looking at, I'm first of all, looking at how good you are. And I'm like, okay, what's the best place to put you in that position to get you to the NBA? Right? So if I have kids that I think could play, I might reach out to Tony Mack at, at AI. AI, right. there's like five or six guys that went to AI that are in, in the league. That's not rocket science, man. If I think you could play there, I'll reach out to, you know, Jesse Tipping, Tony Mack. Listen, take a look at this kid. Let me know what you think. If he's, do you think you, if you like him, take him. If not, no problem. Right, if I think he he could potentially play there, that's it. Um, you know, if if AAU, I'm like, listen. You know, I was talking to Scarlett. You know, could reach out to Dwayne. I got potentially two kids that might that I think could go. Right, yeah. take a look at them. So, you know, it's 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 the kids say this is where they want to go, irregardless of how you feel about it. It's what's the best. What's gonna put this kid in the best position? Get but not every, not everyone, not everyone O'Neal has that mindset. That's the problem. Yeah. But you know what the thing too is, you know what I developed that mindset when I was in. I just realized don't make things personal. Just keep it business and try not to make it personal. Think about mm-hmm. business, and when you when you operate from that perspective, then you know it. it everything is fine. But when you make things personal, because we're sense, I'm sensitive. People are sensitive, and sometimes your feelings get hurt. But you got to understand, is this a is this more about you or is this more for the what's better for the kid? The kid. Well, I, think, I, I think what happens it depends on on what's at stake for you. Like the people that take it personal, I I under 
understand yeah. because some of them are actually like, I hate to say it's their livelihood. Like they live off of these kids, right? So if they lose, especially the ones that are on a sneaker deal or potentially on one or fighting for yeah. one, like they lose a blue chip player. Like, no, no, like let's call a spade a spade again. Like if, 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 if Elijah Fisher went to you play, yeah. like grassroots is done. Yeah. Like, I, no offense. I'm, I mean, no, like, it's called fake fade. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm calling, calling names out, but I mean, yeah, that's like, exactly what it is. show pony for that program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, sometimes it's a livelihood, right? Yeah. You know, everyone got their kind of player. Some it's a little bit more on a lower level. Some it's in a higher level. But yeah. like, no, everyone relies on this their livelihood, right? And you gotta, you gotta retain those players to a certain extent, right? Um, to keep your program going and to keep your deals going, right? Because if you don't got any show pony, they're going to be like, yo, I'm going to find someone else is going to get it from you. Exactly. But I think at the end of the day, it is, you know, I, I mean, even when we, our generation where it was like, you know, it was all primarily the big camps and stuff, it's really just about the exposure for the kids, right? So I would say it's probably yeah. that more than anything. Like, I remember the, like, I mean, it's years ago, a yeah. long time ago, but when, when, um, like a, a, a camp that I was at, I remember we lost every game, lost every single game, like every game. We got blew, half the times we was getting blown up, but I got a chance to play in one of the like in the top twenty game. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of just you just show it out during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if you have your fundamentals and you got your good skills and your good habits and stuff, like the mm-hmm. winning is like it's kind of secondary. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like now with the AAU being so dominant and strong, like it's I think it's kind of like the same. It's the same moral of the story. I think it's it's about the kids at the end of the day and how much yeah. and how much success you can have with, you know, building your program to have guys, you know, keep continuing knocking on the doors of D1 scholarships, getting the scholarships, and then, you know, God willing, now they're in the league. They're like a primo now. They're like in the league or, you know, like a Jamal Murray and they're, they're signing a $170 million contract with shoe deals and all this stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, at the end of the day, it's it's just it's just about the exposure for the kids. I mean, you you want to win. I think you know. I think obviously, yeah. winning is like a drug. You, you still want to win. That's still yeah, the course. best thing. But yeah. it's like if you you know, I think it's it's kind of yeah. like the combination of both. You can't you can't catch feelings if you if you know you you lose or you lose every game. It's, did your kids show out in every game? It's probably right. like the best yeah. the best thing. Like, and I think I, you know, and I'm always a competitor at heart. So you know, I always believe that all the programs here should just play each other, right? Like, you know. That'd be good. And this is just a competitor in me, right? Like, this is just my ego. Like, I know when I coach, um, you know, when I was coaching my my North Toronto team, um, you know, I wanted my North Toronto, because we we won the the CYBL, and we beat up on Ottawa Elite. We beat Ottawa Elite. We beat Brooklyn Elite. We beat, um, you know, we won it. We beat Bounce. We won the CYBL. And, you know, for me, like as a competitor, it's like, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to see how my guys stack up against your guys. I want to see how good your team is. It's about bragging rights. No different yeah. as if you're a player, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah, but, 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 <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's some complexity to, to some of these sneaker circuits, right? Because the way I look at it is like this. I, I, I'm talking if I was in a position like a U play or yeah. like a Canada League. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you do with EYBL. I mean, not uh, CYBL. You can play in little CYBL. You can yeah. play in your little, you know, yeah. signature league. Go play in those leagues. Yeah, I'm taking the best players in those leagues. And I'm going down south. Exactly. 
Exactly. Because yeah. if a book one is in one of those tournaments, you yeah. ain't got it, bro. You don't yeah. got it, bro. Yeah. You ain't no, got I agree. it, bro. I agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I you don't got it. Yeah. But, but, no, but what I'm saying is, like, for me as a competitor, as a coach, I want to play. So I want a tournament where I want to see how my guys stack up against um, the you play. Yeah, you yeah. play 17, you bounce, whatever. So if, whatever age group I'm counting, coaching, I want to see how my guys stack up against. That, that age group from Bounce, from Grassroots, from um, you play from Northern Kings. I want to see. Because Northern Kings, our only loss was to Northern Kings. And again, they use the, you see, you know, sometimes they use the CYBL just to get guys played together. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, cause, you know, you're picking guys from all over the place, you know, and you want to get some games under your belt, right? So mm -hmm. I know we, we our only loss in the CYBL was to Northern Kings. And we never, you know, but we never saw them again. And so, but I know for me, that's where my competitive nature would come in to say, okay, well, let's settle this. Let's have a, um, just have a tournament with, you know, not just the, the four shoe company, but just let's have a tournament. Let's have a tournament. I know the CNIT tried to do that, you know, like, uh, yeah, that was, that was they tried to do something like that where they have all the prep programs. So yeah, you know, stuff like that. I would love to see it. Uh, you know, when, when the shoe circuit is done, I would love to see some of the teams in the CNIT. It would be even better. So then you, there's a tournament where you could go up against all the top prep programs, you know, for bragging rights. But that's just me, right? And, you know, yeah. Scarlett, you know, I had a conversation with Scarlett, and Scarlett pointed out, and kind of like that, like, you know, we don't need to. You know, we're good. You know, we get our guys' exposure, and that's it. You know, we're not necessarily around for that. For some people, they want, you know, they want us, you know, like me, like yeah. Let's all, let's all let's have all the uh, the teams play, all the the organizations play against each other. It, it would definitely be great for the city, great for the kids, because you know kids talk already, right? You know, yeah. they're on social but, media, and you know they're talking ish amongst each other. But again, it's neither here nor there. Um, but to answer your original question, I mean, EYBL to me is, I don't care what anybody says. I've seen the gauntlet. I've seen AAU, I mean, I keep saying AAU, Under Armour, and I've seen EYBL. EYBL is the best, man. The energy, the atmosphere, from the players to, you're going to get all the, you're seeing the head coaches are at EYBL, the head coaches. Like you're, you're bumping into Patrick Ewing or you're bumping into Jim Boeheim or you're bumping or Mark into Few or whoever, Mark yeah. Few. Yeah, like Mark Few, I played in the WCC, so I remember I said hi, I yelled him up. I am like, hey, Mark. <laughs> You know, you looked at me, you didn't remember me. I was like, I should have said, I was the guy that dropped, you know, 20 on you when you called <laughs> Team USA, but I didn't. But yeah, you're running into these coaches. That's what you're running into at the EYBL. Everywhere else, you might run into the assistant coach or the third yeah. coach, right? But the EYBL, you're running into head coaches. You're bumping, and then you're sitting yeah. beside, you're sitting beside Scottie Pippen, or you're sitting beside LeBron, or you're sitting beside Shaq, you know, because their sons are playing. Their right? sons are playing. Yeah. Kenyon, Kenyon Martin. So the EYBL is definitely where you go. And from the EYBL, you're going to get a Nike Hoop Summit. I know the Adidas had their world game. I don't know if they still do that. You have basketball without borders. And again, part of it, though, is being connected with the right shoe. You know, like, you know, if you're connected with, with um, EYBL, you know, your name could be put forward. You know, or unless you're big time, unless you're really, you know, um, maybe like Elijah. You know, your name's really out there then. Even though you're not part of it's, Nike, maybe you still get into the Nike. Yeah, it doesn't matter where, where, where you are yeah, at that or, yeah, or you, yeah, or you get into the basketball without borders. But, you know, yeah. those, are, those are ultimately, those are things you want to get into. Nike Hoop Summit, 
you know, basketball thought borders, because that's where all the NBA scouts and GMs, and now they're seeing you against your contemporaries, right? Or even right. better yet, making the, you know, the U15 or the U17 or U19. Because now you're really playing against competition, and then you're going up against U.S., and so you can make your name there as well. So but if we're talking AU, I would go EYBL, and it's, it's, I think it's more important that you know, you're, you're playing for a program that's going to get you exposure to the, even if you're losing, because, you know, you are able, you play in bounce when they never had, you know, with the 17U, they never had winning records, but they had, you know, when bounce had Ignis and Simi and, you know, uh, Quincy and whoever, right. And, you know, you play had whoever, it doesn't matter what your record was. You just had pro guys. Yeah. Those guys. So they didn't care. I, I always thought the record was important, but it wasn't. Right and Scott, he's like, don't worry about the record. It's just who are you showcasing? Who are you putting in front of these guys? How many of these guys can go pro? And that's what was it. That's what it was about. Now let me ask you guys too, because obviously, you know, being in Toronto, you know, obviously COVID, like basically, um, there was no season for high school basketball, you know, in in this city last year or this past year, or what have you, right? Um, and we know it, it had a devastating effect on like seniors, you know, coming into, you know, going into their last year, trying to get looks, trying to play in these big tournaments, trying to travel, you know, across the border and play in tournaments and be, you know, have that exposure and that stuff. Um, do you think like, and I, I guess I'm curious to kind of ask both of you guys this, like, seeing that we're on this topic of, of like, of like youth basketball, do you, do, do you think like this one season of like not having basketball? Do you think it has a, a, a like it could potentially have a ripple effect, like for the oh, future yeah. of like Canadian ball, or do you think it's just like a hiccup and no, you know, it, it just it just, you just it, keep it definitely has a, a hiccup, man. Like yeah. we're seeing like, like and, and, and we're seeing now um, colleges bringing back players for their fifth year that haven't registered, right? Yeah. Which in turn has taken spots away from seniors this year. Which in turn has taken spots away from grade you know grade eleven. The whole reclass thing is going to be all over the place. Yeah, kids going into the, the draft that are going to be like 23 now, right? It's just, yeah. it's caused a major ripple effect. Yeah. And furthermore, it's caused not even just in the U.S., but in Canada's perspective, it's caused a ripple effect in development, I find. Because now you have kids that haven't played a, a real game in two years. Think about it, right? Yeah. Two years, right? Kids were going down south this past this past live period, tearing Achilles, I'm hearing, ACLs, kids were out of shape, kids were getting their asses busted. One of my players. Yeah, the same same player I was talking about that, you know, our best player, he blew out his AC. Oh, jeez. There you go, right? Yeah, a bunch of kids blew out his AC, Achilles. It's because they just, they haven't played ball competitive at that level. And nine times out of ten, like, the crop that we have coming up, if they were playing full go, they would have had, I think all three programs, um, all major programs, Brookwood, Canada Elite, Grassroots, you, even you play, you play got away a little bit because most of the players play in the U.S. So they kind of yeah. were in that flow. Yeah. But the rest of them could have, you know, that were playing Canada, would have showed out. Yep. And kudos to Canada Elite because they, they actually were able to continue some of that work, Northern teams too, so they didn't do as bad in certain levels, but like, mm-hmm. you know, poor Grassroots, right? They, they, Everyone thought, yo, they had a squad that could, I thought could have potentially pushed to even win the whole circuit. And they didn't do that well because they just weren't playing. In activity, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I think it's it's affecting 2021s, and I think it's going to affect 2022s. Um, I know I told my guys, you know, yeah, just you got to come back for those guys who want the D1 or even CIS. I'm like, you might have to come back for your fifth year just because guys are coming back. And coaches, even here at CIS, coaches are talking about having rosters of 20 guys, right? Wow. And so I know guys from my team that were that are solid CIS bas- that would be solid CIS basketball players. Mm. Um, you know, the coach is like, yeah, we like them, but you know, they're gonna probably be in the development. We probably won't see them till their second, third year. Wow. Because they have a lot of guys, man. Now, you know, who knows? You know, uh, maybe it might be sooner, depending on how hard they work. Guys, you know, might lose interest. Um, I've been coaching long enough to see that. You know, how, what your team starts off in September is not the team that you have in March. And, you know, guys, especially at college and, you know, university. Yeah. Things happen. Especially college. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know, guys don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, it could be injury, ever forbid. So, you know, things happen. So who knows? But yeah, it's definitely going to, it's definitely affecting guys 2021 and 2022. Because again, especially for the 2022, this was their last year. To be seen and they have i mean next year you have up until like april right i know you have up until april and after april that's it so but you really you know you tell guys if you're not getting anything now and going into the season if, if you're if you're if you're coming to the end of the season and you don't have anything you're probably not going to get anything so right um you know so but definitely you know that's definitely the ripple effects and quote school and here's the thing, too, in talking, you know, I was working with Steph Smith, Steph Smith when he entered the transfer portal. He did his four years at Vermont. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's at St. John's now. But in speaking to the coaches, you know, uh, my, myself and my training partners, Patrick and Kevin, aside, we're helping him um, with the process and just talking to the coaches. We have a conversation with the coaches. And, um, you know, a lot of the players they're looking for, like, they're they're looking for junior college players. They're looking for guys who've been playing, you know. They, they, they've been playing sophomores, yeah, sophomores, juniors. So, yeah, they're that's what they're looking to give their scholarships to. Not even so much freshmen. So it's it's tough, man. Mm. It's, it's tough. Yeah, that, that ripple effect is, is hard, man. It's, it kind of reminds me of like the the Marvel, you know, with the the Infinity yeah. Stones and it goes and it just the yeah. ripple effects and it goes sideways and all these alternate universe. That sort of feels like this this whole thing has happened with them. Um, you know, with with, oh, yeah. with, uh, with them leaving having the last season. Go ahead. Yeah, right. no, but the, the the interesting thing that comes into play, and, and it makes me kind of ponder. I mean, and I can kind of vouch for it. They, they people don't realize this level to be one, right? And, and you know, me as a I'm going to university of Maine, I mean, come on, I, I can guarantee my freshman year, like you know, Carlton could have beat us by eighty. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, you know, man, is it, 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 it's good to say you've done it, but at times, do you think, is it worth it? Yeah. Right? So, looking at this whole perspective, does, does the holdover make CIS or whatever they call it, eSports, stronger now? Because more players are going to go stay for yeah. play? Like, it, it, there's, there's opportunities out here as well. I just think the perception is it's always better south of the border. Right. Yeah. I think, you know what, I think, like, I always, I'm always assessing my guys. And I, you know, I always, my belief is this. If you could play 
you want to play as a competitor, you want to play against the best of the best. And you have some borderline guys that are like low, low D1, maybe, or, you know, they could be like really stars at the CIS level, right? Um, I'm not going to, you know, that's like saying RJ Barrett or, you know, Andrew Wiggins should play CIS, right? We're not saying that, obviously, because those guys. No, are, no, 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 no. Exactly. No, level, 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 level. If you exactly, exactly. exactly. Go, go. Like, yeah. If you yeah, exactly. Like, right. Like, why go play D two at this point? Yeah. You might as well just stay in go CIS. Yeah, most players yes. are back in, in Canada anyway. Yeah. As soon as we finish, yeah, the experience is great, but you're gonna get a, a good experience. Yeah. See, you know, you played at at, at the CS level, CIS level. I mean. It may not be always translates to the, the, the same experience, but at the end of the day, it depends, right? Like, what, yeah. what are you trying to get out of it? Ultimately, you're trying to get a degree. Yes. And it depends what, you know, and part of it, too, comes into financial, right? Like, D2, D2 schools gives us scholarship, free education. So I think a lot yeah. of times D1 is free education, D2 is free education, D3 not so much. Yeah. Junior college, it's free. I was, I didn't pay depending on junior college you go to. So that that plays a factor into it. If you could pay for school, that plays a huge factor into it. Yeah. Uh, when I say to players, yeah. if they're not, if they're fringe or not, I'm like, yeah, yeah you're not D1. Because what I've come to realize too, you have guys that are, that have D1 bodies, athleticism, height, but they don't have D1 mentality. So I'm like, yo, you need to go play CIS. Right? You don't work hard enough. You're not a dog. You're mentally weak. You go down there, they're going to, you're going to, you know, because if I'm yelling at you and you're, you know, you're, you're folding, you're done. Cause I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a cupcake compared to these coaches down there. So, and, and also D1 mentality is just your work ethic. How much are you, you know, and then there's guys who, who um, don't have D1 bodies and athleticism, but they have D1 mentality, right? Cause they're willing to grind and, and work hard. So, you know, I, I assess the guy and I'm like, and, and, and then can you pay for it? So I'm like, if you're a CIS guy and you can't afford it, then you need to go to CIS in Alberta or CIS in Halifax because they'll give you money. They've always given, outside of Ontario, other universities in Canada give you money and they pay for your education and they, they hook you up. Like Alberta, like two of our guys from Oakwood went to Alberta and they're good. They're loving it out there. They're gods out there. You know, when they, when they graduate, they're going to have great jobs out there. You know, you're out in BC, wherever. Just get out. You know, so part of it too is the money. But as much as we want Canadian kids to stay, some of these kids can't afford it, man. These kids are coming, you know, like I was so happy we have a kid, you know, Dewan Williams, Jane, Jane Pond Finch kid, right? <clears throat> and, you know, Corn Rose, you know, coming in grade, grade nine, little dickhead. And, you know, by the time he leaves, you know, um, and he's, he's at Alberta. The current rules are gone. He's wearing glasses. I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? Right? He's mature. He's growing up. You know what I mean? And he's graduated with a degree. And those are stuff that you love. So I totally agree. Right? There's players that, you know, go play CIS and, and, and get that. You know? And then there's players that could play D1. And, you know, I, and I think the, the, the problem is, though, selling D1 to, D, to guys that are not D1. Right? And make yeah. them think that that's the only option. It's like, I'm honest with my guys. I'm like, you're not D1, man. I tell my guys that. I don't lie to them. I'm like, you're not D1. 
you might you might be quick enough have athleticism, but you, you don't have a D one mentality. You don't work hard enough. You don't commit yourself to the game. So play CIS, and you could dominate CIS. You could play mm -hmm. CIS and and get a pro contract. I love what mm -hmm. the CEBL is doing. They're taking you know a couple you know uh, uh, CIS players from the team and putting them on the C and playing with pros. So now when that only elevates the level of this of the CIS because now when these guys go back to the respective universities, now they're playing at a higher level now, and that's going to attract because you know that's going to attract. And they can go back and play at the university. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, damn. Know that. That's what they did. Yeah. That's 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 oh, that's a good look. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. It's great. You have CIS players playing against you know pro guys, right? And and it's great. They they get a they get a taste of what pro is, but it's great for their you know raising their confidence in the level of the game. And they, you know when your game is raised, people have to come up there, right? So now, yeah. like you're saying, some of our better players might stick around and say, you know what, this is a I could go to the states. I could stay here. Now, me personally, having now you're in Maine. You I don't know where you're in Bangor, Maine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you didn't like D one. Um, but you know, like there's also the experience of that. Um, I think outside, you know, college. The truth is, wherever you go, if you go to. As long as you go away from home, I think if you're from Toronto, I would say go to a university outside of even if it's just in Brock University. Just go away from home. Like don't go to university that's that's in your hometown because you have a right. more you enjoy college more when you're away from home. And yeah. so, right. You know, like I know. Um, yeah. So I would I would I would definitely tell guys if you're a CIS guy, I'm like play CIS man. You're still gonna have a great experience. Try to go away from home though. Right, like try to go the way to like you just can like, build that life experience. Yeah, get away from mom, get away from mom and dad, and just go enjoy yourself and you know have fun in college and whatnot. All the the great stuff that comes from college. So I, I right. definitely, I definitely push CIS right, and but I don't, you know, I'm not gonna see a guy that could play mid major D one and tell him to go CIS. No, go play mid major, and we all know too, there's growth, growth that happens physically, mentally, and emotionally. Right, and so. When you're growing in college, you might, you know, you might turn into a different player just because your body, you're growing into your body, getting more coordinated, and then you're putting on strength and, you know, your game, it just completely changes your game. So, you know, there's a lot of those factors go into it too, right? And I've seen it, honestly, I've seen it the other way around. I've seen players that don't go D1 and that go, that end up going to CIS universities and the coach doesn't know what to do with them. In fact, the coach is so because the coach doesn't want them to leave, allows them to do whatever they want, and there's no growth in their game because now nobody's holding them accountable. Nobody's telling them, you know, they, they can miss practice whenever they want. You know, yeah. like I've seen that. Like I've seen it with players when I was at Ryerson. I've seen it with players that were at other universities that coming on. I'm telling this kid's like when he told me he's going to this school. I'm like, oh, you're gonna destroy the CAS. You're gonna be a monster. And right. then I see this kid playing, and he's just like, you know, he's like, he was like Lenny Cook, you know, just <laughs> he wants, you know, he could do whatever he wants, whenever he wanted to, tell the coach to shut up, and then he didn't, he's, there was no growth in his game. So, you know, it's, it's part of it is, is the player ready to play CIS, or so is the player good enough to play D1? Should he stay CIS? And then, like anywhere else, too, 
you got to go to the right program and play for the right coach. I think that's like the seen, biggest thing. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I've seen kids play CIS and go, kids from Toronto go play and these coaches bench. I'm like, you're sitting on the bench? And I've seen the kids, I'm like, what? And it just, it blows my mind. Like, the coach is an idiot. The coach is just a complete fucking idiot. And there's idiots, whether it's D1, CIS, there's idiot coaches out there. And mm -hmm. fucking make this shit harder than it needs to be. And it's, they come with their pre-notion that this is, and make, you know, just make the game hard. And instead of, you know, seeing a kid and recognize what his potential is and getting that potential out of the kid, they'll bench that kid or they'll enable that kid, don't know how to use the kid. So it's all about the kid. It's all about where his level's at. But, you know, it's what's the right fit? What is the right fit for this kid? And D1 is not for everybody, man. It's not for everybody. everybody wants D1 because they see it on TV and it looks good. But what are you doing to get D1? I tell that to, you know, one kid I'm coaching. I'm like, yeah, you have the, the talent, but you don't put in the work to be. So what happens when you get to D1? What now? Because you got to have to. Dude, listen, man. Yeah, you got to work. Because I believe, I truly believe because I played Division One basketball and the, 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 I never felt now, before I've never felt the kind of pressure that I was under, the intense pressure that I was under playing Division One basketball. And so now life to me, what people consider pressure situations, I'm laughing. People are like, why are you so calm? I'm like, oh, it just doesn't see. like I've I've never I, I've never felt any anything equal to playing division one because these coaches' jobs are on the line. And my coach was he's the head, he's the director of scouting now with the Chicago Bulls, but he was a fucking psychopath. <laughs> was just under constant pressure and you know, and that energy you know, gets transported right to the kids. Exactly. And yeah. so I, you know, I, you know, I, I really honestly look at guys. I'm like, you can't handle, you're not going to be able to handle what's waiting for you. So yeah, you want D1. It's like, you know, again, everybody wants to win or everybody wants to be a millionaire, but what are you going to do? What are you willing to do to get there and do it? It's one of those things that sounds good, right? It sounds good. I want a D1 scholarship. It's like a reflex answer. Right, okay. and as so, long as you don't, as long as you're not promising kids and lying to them and honest with them, and I agree with you, CIS, there's nothing wrong with CIS. And CIS is definitely a lot better now than when, because I know what Calgary came up and played us when I was at St. Mary's, and we gave them 50 in the first half. And then my teammates like, "This is what basketball's like in Canada." I'm like, "No, maybe this school sucks, but no, it's not." It's, it's different now. Now I, I want to wrap up. I'm gonna have to. We probably have to come back and do this again because I want to talk about like Team okay. Canada and all this stuff. So we'll we'll come back maybe yeah. later this month and, and have this conversation. Um, but I kind of want to wrap this up by um, I, you know, like I said, I've I've said my my comments last week on on Game Six, Giannis. Um, you know, because everything that's going on right now, that's just kind of getting chucked to the wayside, and I don't think we should forget it. Um, just just quickly, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts. On um on on game six, Giannis. I haven't really said a lot today. I kind of like it. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean Giannis had a, a, a that that's an that's an all time historic performance in the game. Like to, to wrap up an NBA tip, like my man put it on the line. Giannis takes a lot of criticism for like his flaws, but I don't think people realize his greatness and what he did. My man went to work that game and, and willed that win. Um, and he did everything. Like, defensively, offensively, you know, 
I think he even hit some free throws. I can't remember. It was a little while back, but yeah, my man went to work. He, he had an all-time like NBA performance. Like it was hard to stop a dude that plays at that level. And you can say whatever you want, but like I, I, I think we were see we were in another chat where one of our boys from Miami was like he got no skill. He's like, what are you, what are you smoking, man? Like my man, my man, my man won a chip and deserves it. It's like yo, there, there was no asterisk to that. He went out there and he balled his ass out against a very good team that was favored to win, yeah. right? And well, that's, that's basically what I gotta say. He deserved. Yeah, man, I was so happy for him. Um, I don't understand. I, I, the one thing Giannis can't do is shoot. So I understand when he has no skill, he can't shoot. Just because he can't shoot doesn't. You can do other things. Like guys, guys can handle the rock. They're skilled to handle the rock, and Giannis can handle the rock. My thing, yeah, my thing was always they weren't. I always thought that. You know, and it's sort of the same thing with Pascal. It was like, you, you've tried pushing the ball full court. It works during the regular season, but in a, in a playoff now when teams are sitting back and forcing you to shoot, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Here's what mm-hmm. doesn't work, what Giannis started to doing in the later games. Catching the ball, mm-hmm. not bringing the ball up, let Drew Holiday, whoever brings the ball up, but then catching the ball at the free throw line. Catching the ball at the elbow. Catching the ball closer to the basket. Now it's now you're sort of like a post player. And then the, now when you see the double team coming, it's easier to kick. Right? Yeah. So I just loved the mama mentality that he had. I love – what I love is that he's humble. You know? He's just humble. I love, the, I love when you see guys try to elbow him, try to shove him and do everything, and he just ignores them. You know, f- fans counting, he just ignores them. And at least, or at least he doesn't show that it bothers him. He probably is, is he's processing it, but he's not giving away that it bothers him. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. I love everything about Giannis. I love his story. Um, and I think what people don't realize, and I heard his story a couple of years ago, and I think what people don't realize is, and it's, it's, it's really a true American story, right? Like a guy who was setting CDs on the streets. Yeah. Like, think about where this guy's coming from, right? And I'm like, yeah. Of course, this guy's gonna get it done because he was at the lowest of the lows. There's days they were talking about like that their family would go basically without eating. Mm-hmm. Right? Shout out to Yeah. So everything from there is gravy, man. So this guy's gonna. This guy has. This guy has. He knows. He's already humble. He knows what it's like to have nothing. You know. You still hear stories about kids here in America um, who come from tough situation. But I don't think any of them are selling CDs, right? I don't think they're selling CDs. Like I know Iverson's mom one time, she had to choose between paying the light bill or buying Iverson basketball shoes. She bought him basketball shoes. But I know these kids are not selling CDs, housing CDs. One, it's hard to do. But I just love, I just love everything about Giannis. I thought game five was amazing. 50 points, five blocks, rebounding. Just That's what you're supposed to do. Um, I always say if your best player is your hardest worker, uh, you're always going to be successful. I, mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to talk me out of that because I've seen it over and over and over again. The teams that are successful, when your best player is your hardest worker, you're going to be successful. And I wanted, you know, I wanted Chris Paul, if I'm honest, more so than Giannis because I know Giannis is 26 and he'll, he'll have it. But Chris Paul always being hurt, the ultimate competitor, and just never getting over that hump. And unfortunately, now Chris Paul, 
is our modern day Carmelo John Stockton, Charles Barkley. <laughs> He's not winning a ring. He's not no. at least not at least not as a player. And so, and I firmly believe that I don't think he's gonna. The window's closed. Like Phoenix is not winning it next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you know, no. and, yeah. And so, what happens now? And so, I really wanted Chris Paul to win, but I love the fact that what Giannis did. Um, I think he's everything. You know, everything that's great with basketball. Um, he's sort of a, tr- a throwback. He stayed with the same team. Um, he just worked hard. And he just kept persevering. And that's my, that's my biggest, my, that's my favorite character trait, um, you know, is perseverance. I think it speaks to the human spirit more than anything else. Um, you know, and I love those. I love the story of people who just persevere and just keep going and not listen to the naysayers and not and not give in to the failures and not give up and just figure it out. And so I love, I love what Giannis did game game six. I thought it was amazing, and uh, you know, I'm a big fan. You know, I definitely, obviously, you know, when you see those losses, like you know, you get frustrated. I know I did. I'm like, especially somebody who loves shooting who loves teaching shooting. And I'm like, dude, how is nobody just making the minor adjustment? Because when he starts his free throw, his elbow's literally out here, and then he's coming this, and it, you know, when you shoot, you, your shot should be as quiet as possible. It should just be up, boom. But he, there's so much movement in his shot, and it throws his elbow off, and his elbow's kicking, and it's throwing his shot off. I'm like, how is nobody just recognizing, like, just getting his elbow, let him start his elbow line up, and just straight up? And he had a... Go ahead, What's his name? He had um, Koiver teaching him, teaching him too at one point. Yeah, I'm like, how do people not figure? And maybe it's just one thing I learned working with Patrick Williams is is your body as well, because maybe his left side there's a problem with his left side that's causing that's the, that's causing the imbalance. And um, a lot of times that's what's happening. There's a certain part of your body that's affecting. Like sometimes you can't get your right shoulder up because you know you, your lats, your left lats is tight or off. So I learned a lot from Patrick. So maybe that's what's been, and Giannis technically he's a lot bigger than what he's, what you know. So maybe there's some t- there's tightness somewhere in his body that's got to get throwing, loose in some areas. Yeah, throwing his alignment off and throwing you know his shot off. But other than that, I always loved Giannis because he just plays hard. He plays hard. Yeah, I think and, I think at the end of the day, like for me, it's it's um <laughs> just to, I guess to wrap it up, like. It's game six, Giannis. I think that's forever going to go in the lexicon, right? Like, yep. you know, like you, you just, it's just, it just is what it is. Like, like I was telling Randall before, like I, I wasn't, there wasn't any team I was really rooting for. I was just happy to, I just wanted to see good basketball. I was happy if either side won. I love the story for both sides, yep. you know, but, but like after what Giannis did, it's like, yo, you can't, number one, he's a champion. You can't say anything anymore, you know? And then two, the way he did it, like, like how do you how, how do you have anything negative to say after what he did? Like just yep. Again, he can't shoot threes. Okay, leave it alone now. He yep. just look what he just did. Leave it alone. Yeah. Like that yeah. that talk is like forever done. It's <laughs> over. It's over. Like he won. Yeah, <laughs> you I, can't take it away. It's over. And I, and I love how you said. I don't care if we ever win again. We did it the hard way, and it's worth it. I just yeah. you know, I don't care if I don't win a championship ever again. This was so gratifying that you know what we worked so hard. 
and we push through and persevere and we won a championship. And I'm just saying, he can never win a championship ever again. Game six will go down as one of the best, uh, one of the greatest playoff performances. And he's an NBA champion. No, that's it. And I, and I think the, the under... The the underrated MVP is uh, is PJ Tucker for coming up with the uh, the the Greek Freak threes before Greek Freak even had them. <laughs> you guys you guys need to see that clip. <laughs> but on that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap Are it you up. Talking the one with the diamonds. No, he oh, had okay. um the new Greek Freak threes. He came into the locker room with them on and and uh, like he's holding him. He walked past Greek Freak and and Giannis is like, Yo, where'd you get those? He's like, I don't even have those. Those are my shoes. <laughs> like, like, yo, PJ Tucker's unbelievable with the shoe game, man. <laughs> but we're going to wrap this up, though. Yeah. Um, but thank you both, man, for, for having this extensive conversation. Um, a, a shout out to Randall for putting this, uh, put the but the battery in my back a little bit. I wanted to talk about a little AAU stuff. So, um, And I've, I've been meaning to have this conversation for the longest time, too. Yeah. So this is yeah. kind of like a reminder. So thank you, Randall, for the reminder. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So, we'll, like I said, I want to talk about Team Canada. Like, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back and, and do yeah, this again. De- yeah, definitely. No do doubt. That. Yeah, I definitely have a lot to say about that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you for checking out the latest episode of the Av Podcast. Shout out to O'Neill Kamaka and Randall Walter for coming on the Av and taking us behind the curtain just a little bit in the world of AAU and how the landscape has changed in the COVID era. Uh, Like I said earlier, we'll be back again in a few weeks to break down Team Canada, which especially after watching the Olympics, it's inspired a conversation. Let's let's just say that Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Please go ahead and like, rate, review and subscribe to all shows of South Shore Radio on all platforms and check out any and all of my past shows from my catalog. Head over to SouthShareRive.com right now and check it all out. All right, from my very, very first show until the until right now, until the last one. All right, once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. For O'Neill Kamaka and Randall Walter, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on South Shire Radio. All right, till next time, folks. Peace. We out.